unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. That's fucking hard, dude. Try yeah. Unique New York. Yeah. Unique New York. Unique New York. Faster. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Oh, you're Unique doing pretty good. What? One that I can't do is Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. <laughs> <laughs> Irish. <laughs> Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wrist. wrist, wrist, wrist no. Wristwatch. So wrist my, rush. Mom, my mom, when she was little, had like a speech impediment where she couldn't say, like her R's would come out like W's. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that when she and my dad were like looking for houses, they looked at this one that was on the street called Wake Robin. And she's like, I couldn't move there because I wouldn't be able to fucking say it. She's like, like, wake Wobbin. Like, she doesn't even talk. Like, that doesn't even happen for her now. But, like, she was just afraid with those words too close together that she would, like, not be able to say it. (laughs) Yeah. My, like, sometimes my brain just, like, does, like, the window shutdown noise in the middle of me talking. (laughs) And I'll be like, what, first off, what was I saying? Second off, I'll start, like, it's like my brain malfunctions and I can't say the words right or I fuck them up. Yeah. I saw a TikTok about a girl trying to talk about a water bottle and she kept saying this this uh this uh wobber dobble or something like that. She kept calling it and she's like, What the fuck is going on? I know what this is called. Why can't I say it? I was like, Yeah, same. That happens all the time. Like you just stroke out there for a minute. Yeah, that's exactly but your poor mom. That's that's so cute though. Wake wobbin. Wake wobbin, sweet. Uh Wait, have you ever seen those lists where, like, someone can't think of the right name for a thing? No. Oh, shit. I feel like that list is my life, but... Um, and then they say something... They say something like, um... Like, oh, shit. Like, I can't think of a good example now. But it'll be like, what do you... What's that... What's that thing called for, like, the the box that keeps things cold and they're like a cooler like people are just like trying to describe this really like mundane thing and they call it something really stupid i fucking love those yeah um i'm trying to i don't know how to like look for the buzzfeed article uh buzzfeed can't remember let me see I love that. Our translations were like, you know, it would make sense translated, but like to us, it doesn't. Like, there's the one that was like uh, a gentleman who didn't speak English, but he knew like certain words, and he called a goose a cobra chicken. <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay, I yeah. found I found the Buzzfeed list. Um, do you ever get like water hungry? Oh my! <laughs> it's in like a it's in like a Tumblr thread, and it said yeah. Somebody responded and was like, thirsty? (laughs) Water hungry. Um, I like that. Let's see. There's another one that always makes me laugh. Hold on. Um. (laughs) I forgot the word reindeer today, so I described them as Christmas llamas. (laughs) Oh my god. Almost, almost. Oh my god, this one's so fucking funny. Uh, do you know how sexy it is when he teases you in bed with a bird oh leaf? God. Oh my god, I remember that one, yes. and I lost my shit reading that one. I was like, a bird 
bird leaf? What the fuck? That was not a, wrong. That was a tweet, and this other person tweeted and was like, OMG, she meant feather. Somebody <laughs> has to bring me an inhaler. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, a bird leaf. The, my, Why not? My girlfriend's German, and she just forgot the word for slug, so she asked me, how do you call snails without homes? <laughs> oh, that's precious. That's precious. A sea pancake for a manta ray. Oh my god. Pancake sauce for syrup. <sighs> but the problem is that I literally, do, I'll be I'll try and describe the word that I'm trying to. I, that happens to me all the time, so <laughs> I I resonate deeply with every one of those people. Oh, have you ever called a condom a latex dick wrap? <laughs> nope, never forgot the word for those latex dick wrap. It's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. Oh shit. Okay. That um, those are fucking. A savory donut is a bagel. Okay, I'm done. I can go on for hours. <laughs> I uh, I was going to tell you, I was out and about today, um, you know, being responsible, but having to do some things and have a shirt on that has a picture. Uh, it's like a cartoon picture of like Satan, essentially. Nice. <laughs> and it says, not today, Satan. And then at the bottom in parentheses, it says, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> So a little old lady stopped me and she was like, oh my God, I love your shirt. I have one like that, except it doesn't have the cute picture on it. And in the corner, it just says, not today, Satan. And I was like, God, you did not read the bottom, but thank you. I'm glad you like my shirt because I'm sure that hers was like probably some Christian thing, you know, not today, Satan. And mine says maybe tomorrow. (laughs) I love that it was an old woman that stopped you, though. I mean, I do think that's, that's kind of badass. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. I really hope that it's not what I'm thinking, that it was like some Christian thing, and she really was just a cool as fuck old lady. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Hey, whatever. Is, yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at it. It was a great experience. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I don't think I have any, like, corrections or anything like that. <sighs> yeah, I didn't get anything, so I don't think we have anything to correct i'm sure we do i'm sure we have a lot to correct but no one's corrected us yet i feel like everyone like if if there if more people listen like we'd be really fucked <laughs> like, oh, i would be so fucked i want people to listen but like we would be so wrong on so much <laughs> actually that's not how that happened <laughs> oh my god my well, favorite joke is um where does a mansplainer get his water where a well actually Oh my god. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, that's good. That's good. I will say that all the men that listen to us that have interacted with us have been lovely humans and not mansplained at all. Oh yeah, I mean there there I feel like there are very few men that are mansplainers, but Oh no, there's a lot of men. Yeah, I mean in proportion, I like to think, but I don't know, maybe I'm being naive. I'm in a relatively okay mood today, so and I'm not, so that's where you're seeing. Both I know, them. yeah, you're 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 grumpy. you're the more mentally stable one today, just and today. I just, just today. today. So I, I'm never the more mentally stable one, but usually we're on the same level of mental stability. Oh god, especially <laughs> yeah. the last few weeks, I was really in the fucking shitter, man. Yeah, yeah, it's my turn. Well, Sorry, that's okay. We all have our times. Yeah, it's it's all right. It is what it is. All right, what is your uh, icebreaker for me? Oh, if you could live in a board game, what board game would you live in? 
And the term board game can be pretty loose, loosey-goosey. So if you have a game that's not necessarily a board game, I'll allow it. So, like, that makes me think of, like, tabletop RPG games and, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. You could pick, like, a cool fantasy world if you pulled out, like, some Dungeons & Dragons kind of shit. Like, yeah. some of those, like, actual, you know, tabletop games. Because they technically have a board, some of them. So, like, mine? Well, I have... I have two that would be cool, but my first inclination was to say Clue. I think that'd be dope. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. But my second one would be Candyland. <laughs> I was going to say Candyland. Hell yeah. I was going to ask, like, despite all the cool fantasy shit, I think that I would pick Candyland. Yeah, that makes sense. I would not want Monopoly because that's just a constant Ew. fucking struggle. No, it's boring and like too The much... game of life sucks dick. Ooh, yeah. I play it every day and I hate it. And it's not fun. So it's not fun. Um, yeah. Candyland. Candyland's a great one. Shoots and ladders might be okay too. It's kind of like... You can go down but do a... I really want to climb ladders that often? But you could go down a slide though. Yeah, but I guess. At, at what cost? Yeah, exactly. Like okay. That's... Yeah, Candyland seems to be the winner there. Okay, I like it. You got yeah. anything? I was going to ask you a couple would-you-rathers. Okay. Um, I'm drinking okay. Chardonnay, by the way, so it's truly, Oh, it is! It's truly Chardonnay and DNA. I am not drinking anything because I had an allergic reaction to alcohol at dinner, so... Yeah, everyone, Rachel's face exploded about an hour ago. Yeah, it was a really good time. Yeah. Um... I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that it feels like someone is holding a blow dryer directly to my face and my chest. And I'm like, not exaggerating. Is it like, like really bad, like sunburn almost? Worse than that. Like, literally the heat, you can feel the heat radio, radiate off my face. And um, I turn like tomato red in splotchy, weird ways. So it was a good time. Great, great time. Uh, so I'm not drinking today. Well, I'll drink for you. Good. Please drink a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Would you rather be able to time travel or teleport at will? Mm, teleport at will. I'm sick of driving. Yeah, that's solid. Wait, well, I'm guessing you would time travel. I would like to say that I would time travel because how fucking cool would that be? But honestly, I'd rather be like, I'm going to take the day off today and teleport to the fucking Bahamas because fuck you. Exactly. It would also be handy to see my friends that live very, very far away, like across the country. So like, yeah, I'd pick teleport. Okay. Yeah. I I think it's more practical. Um, There are very few eras that I would like to go to. I mean, I would like to go to maybe for a day, but like, there's just i i don't i'm good the whole thing is like i would like to i it'd be cool to see all that shit don't get me wrong but i was thinking of more like being able to time travel and do things differently in my life oh okay okay so like the winning lottery numbers on such and such day are going to be this go play those numbers like that kind of shit you know see, that 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 stirs up like a whole butterfly effect thing and i don't think i would I mean, time travel in general stirs up a butterfly effect thing because you're not supposed to be there. Well, that's what I mean. So So, I don't think I'd I'd want to be able to do that, really. I think I'd rather just, I think, but teleporting is fucking awesome. Like, I remember, (laughs) I remember in third grade, we had to like make up an invention and mine were these like rings 
that you put on your fingers, and then when you snapped your fingers, you could go wherever you wanted. Oh. And I stand by that fucking idea. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, that would be great, actually. Um, okay. Do we want to get dark with any of these? Oh, sure. Would you rather rip off your own fingernail or have someone else shove a toothpick under your big toenail? Rip off my own fingernail or a toothpick under the toenail? That somebody else did. That somebody else did. Okay, um, so let me tell you this. One time, we had this, I had this, like, shitty dresser that it was kind of, like, made out of, like, it was wooden, but it was, like, this very thin wood that could chip off, almost like fucking bamboo. Yeah. And it, a piece of it came off and went under my finger, and it hurt so fucking bad. Ugh. And the thought of someone else doing that to me on my toenail makes me want to kill myself, so I'm going to go with the first one. Okay. What about you? Uh, I mean, I've bent my fingernail back the whole way to the point where it felt like it was ripped off and probably was ripped off. So I guess I'd rather rip off my own fingernail. Yeah, I mean, neither is good. And I mean, uh, I guess with the bamboo thing, like, you would at least still have a nail, but that shit hurts so bad. Yeah, yeah. I bet your nail will grow back. Yeah. So. I mean, as long as, but I think you have to leave, like, a fragment of it on. No, I think it'll just grow back. Really? I don't think so, because I've known people that have, like, um, their toenail has come completely off, and it can't, like, it can't grow back out of nothing. Like, I don't know, I have known people whose nails have literally just fallen off for various reasons, and theirs always grow back. Well, I don't know. Yeah, after a nail separates from the nail bed, whatever reason, it will not attach. A new nail will have to grow back. It takes about six months for a fingernail and up to 18 months for a toenail. Hmm. Well, okay. Now you know. That's true. I had to Google it. Yeah, I mean, if if it'll grow back, like, fine. I don't want... Yeah. Bam- Ugh, no. Mm-mm. Bamboo? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Um, would you rather have a clock that counts down to your death or know what <laughs> it is that will kill you? Um, know what it is that'll kill me. Both are going to make me never want to leave my house again and be in a constant state of anxiety. So... I guess it, yeah, I mean, it depends on what it is, though, because if it's, like, if it's, like, uh, if it's, like, old age, then it's, like, okay, well, I got a while. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, I guess, but my luck, it would be, like, something really stupid, like a bear. So. (laughs) Just never go where bears are. (laughs) Yeah. Did I tell you about that? What? Joey and I's conversation about the oh, bear. Oh, did you post it? I think I read it. Yeah. So we were we were sitting there. I forget what we were talking about. There's something about with like animals and like you know that I'll try and pet anything. And I said um, I toned it down for Facebook because I just didn't want to offend anyone. And I was like, uh, every zoo is a petting zoo if you're not a little bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I. He was just like, he he literally looked at me and was like, first off, he never uses my first name. So it was weird. He was like, Rachel, no. 
and like deadpan that's what he said and he was like how'd your wife die oh she got mauled by a 400 pound bear while she was trying to pet it and at least she died doing what she loved yes that was my whole point and like but he wasn't wrong because a couple weeks ago we saw a bear cross the road and it was literally 10 feet away from the truck and i tried to get out of the truck um like literally had the door open because i wanted to try and get a picture and see if i could get close to it and he screamed get back in the fucking truck i mean fair enough (laughs) and i'm like what why and he's like you are going to die it's going to maul you and i was like well if that is the way that the fate decided i needed to go then i am okay with that I mean, that's just really unwise. Oh, but it'd be a good story. That thing would not give a fuck if you had the best of intentions. It's like, oh, it's like us seeing a hamburger. It's like, oh, a hamburger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it would have been. I, but, and I was like, yeah, but you know what? If it let me pet it, you'd have been like, fuck, I should have got out of the truck and tried to pet the bear. <laughs> but, Rachel, that's not going to happen. Stop trying to make bears happen. <laughs> They're not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so. Um, would you rather be rich but have to live in prison for 10 years or be free and poor forever? Mm. Free and poor forever. I'm not going to prison. Fuck that. Yeah, I think I could do some time. Really? Ten years? Yeah. That's a long fucking time, man. Listen, how many years of high school and elementary school and middle school did I do? Yeah, but you got to, like, you got to, like, drink and do drugs. There's drugs in prison. There's alcohol in prison. (sighs) I mean, toilet wine, but it's still wine. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I, I really think I would be okay. It would suck as long as I didn't get like solitary. Oh, but you don't know. It's a jungle. Yeah, but I'm not like an asshole. I would kind of keep my head down and keep it to myself. Okay. Go for it. I'd pick it. All right. You heard it here. Heard it here first. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a fucking cakewalk, but like. You know, what's 10 years in order to... Eh, whatever. Either way, that was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) The other one was, would you rather feel like you always have to sneeze or that you always have to pee? Oh, sneeze. Oh, I hate them both. Probably pee. Really? I don't... That just... That gives me, like, um, flashbacks of, like, UTIs, and I fucking hate having a UTI. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan, but, like, I think over time i think you'd adjust and like there's like therapies you can do to not feel like you have to pee constantly i don't think there's anything like that for sneezing and when i sneeze like my eyes get all fucked up and like go cross-eyed and shit and like i don't want to like feel that way all the time i love sneezing oh i hate it i love it it. it's so relieving Mm. Mm -mm. what's what what do they say it's like eight sneezes is like an orgasm i don't know if that's true probably not excuse me yeah what now like an orgasm is like the equivalent of like the feeling of eight sneezes you've never heard that but sneezes aren't pleasurable to me so like in your opinion (laughs) i like them what kind of sadist shit is this no this is not a weird thing i swear i've heard people that also enjoy sneezing i don't how i don't understand how you can enjoy it it's just like relieving 
I don't I'm know, Googling Rachel. That. Don't yuck it's my gonna, yum. My FBI agent is about to... Oh, okay. It says there's a theory that if you sneeze six or seven times in a row, the sensation can be like a mild orgasm. Yeah. That's not worth it for me. I mean, okay. That's fine. <laughs> a mild one? Like, at least make it fucking earth shattering, you know? severe. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on now. So, all right. Tell me a story. Okay. This one's cool. Have you ever heard of the Hartford Circus Fire? No. Ooh, okay, good. I was really hoping you hadn't heard of it. Alrighty, so my sources are good old Wikipedia and an article from the Hartford Current by Dave Altamari and Stephen Good. And then there's also a website called It's Just CircusFire1944.com. So that's where I got my info. Okay. So here's some background. Um, in the mid in mid twentieth century America, a typical circus traveled from uh, town to town by train, performing under a big top. Uh, so the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, as we mostly you know most of us know, was like the largest one in the country. Um, its big top could sit seat nine thousand spectators <laughs> in the tents canvas. They'd coat it with eighteen hundred pounds of paraffin wax dissolved in 6,000 gallons of gasoline. That sounds safe as fuck. It it was like a waterproofing method, which like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. It's waterproof, but you will burn to death. If it, you will anyone, explode. <laughs> if anyone lights a cigarette, you're fucked. Like if the sun shines too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're wow. all going down. Okay, so... The circus at the time that this happened, it was around World War II. So it was experiencing shortages of staff and equipment um, because of the U.S. involvement in World War II. Delays and malfunctions in the usual smooth order of the circus had become um, really common. So, for example, on August 4th, 1942, and just a quick warning, this will involve some, some harm to animals. A fire had broken out in... Like, it, like where they kept the animals, which killed a whole bunch of them. Mm. So when the circus arrived in Hartford, Connecticut on July 5th, 1944, the trains were so late that one of the two shows scheduled for that day was canceled. And in the circus world, like missing a show is considered like really bad luck. And although the July 5th uh, show ran as planned, many of the circus employees, they, they were like on their guard because they just expected something to go wrong. Right. So the next day on Thursday, July 6, 1944, the crowd at the afternoon performance was mostly women and children, and the total number of audience members was said to be around 7,000. Um, all right. So the fire began as a small flame uh, right after the lions performed on the southwest sidewall of the tent. The circus band leader, Merle Evans, was said to have been the first to spot the flames, and he immediately directed the band to play Stars and Stripes Forever. Uh, and that's the song that's, that usually signals like distress to the circus okay. staff. So the ringmaster, Fred Bradna, urged the audience not to panic and to leave in an orderly fashion, but the power failed and no one could hear him announce that. So Bradna and the ushers, they tried to maintain some kind of order, but just like a bunch of fucking panic, just all right. hell broke loose, basically. So many of the people closest to the main entrance were where the fire first appeared by the bleachers 
ran to safety through the entrance or by jumping off the tops of the bleachers and grandstands and then escaping by going underneath the side flaps of the tent. Some were sliced open with people's pocket knives so, you know, by, so that other people could get out. So people would get out and then slice it open and then like allow other people to get out. But others decided to work their way east out the back entrance toward Main Street, but some ran into a blockade produced by three and a half foot tall metal chutes that were being used to get the animals out. So a number of bodies would end up being discovered piled up by the chutes, um, which also blocked one of the nine exits from the big top. So everything was fucked. Like exits were blocked. People were freaking out. There wasn't power. So no one could get like clear messages. Right. Um, It was like a real shit show. So flaming canvas from the tent burned some victims to death. Extreme heat suffocated people and the ensuing panic resulting in like trampling deaths. Like people just literally getting stomped on. So the death toll included 59 children who were nine years old or younger. Aww. It was real bad. So the only animals in the Big Top at the time were the big cats trained by May Kovar and Joseph Walsh that had just finished performing when the fire started. Amazingly, they, they got out of there. Like the people were able to get them out and they were unharmed except for a few burns. Okay. So most most spectators were able to escape, but many were caught up in the hysteria of the whole thing. So witnesses said that some just like ran around in circles trying to find their family members rather than trying to escape. Some escaped but then ran back in to look for family members, which like horrifying. Others stayed in their seats until it was too late, assuming that the fire would be put out. That would be me. I'd be like, oh, I'll just wait for this this crowd right. to clear up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because like at least, like I said, at least two of the exits were blocked by the chutes. Um being used to get the animals out right so the people trying to escape couldn't get past them um so investigators at the time believed it was caused by a flicked cigarette but others suspect that it was arson so in 1950 robert dale segui was being investigated because of other arson charges um he was a teenager at the time of the fire like 13 14 years old And he first confessed for starting the fire. He was never tried, and then he later took back his confession. So more on that in a little bit. But because of the paraffin wax waterproofing the tent, the flame spread really fast, which was helped by the wind. Many people were badly burned by the melting paraffin, um, which this, like, freaked me the fuck out, which rained down from the roof. What? So there's just, like this flaming paraffin raining down flaming like, hot wax that Delicious. just sticks to you like Ugh. horrifying horrifying the fiery tent collapsed in about eight minutes according to you know the witnesses that survived i'm sure it felt like a fucking lifetime though oh my god eight eight minutes that's so long and so short all at the same time yeah like, such a long time for of just like pure terror but then such a huge tent and such a huge crowd like all in right. eight minutes crazy so because of that the tent collapsing it just trapped a bunch of people hundreds of people i mean because of a picture that appeared in several newspapers of a sad clown emmett kelly 
um, who had been holding a water bucket in the photo, the the event became known as the day the clowns cried. I know. It's like, oh, God, that's like clowns are terrifying anyway, but I think it might be worse that they're crying. Right. So while many people burned to death, many others died because of the chaos. Um, Sources and investigators, they differ on how many people were killed and injured. Um, Various people and organizations say it was anywhere from 167 to 169 people. The 168 figure um, is that they often come up with is usually based on like official tallies. And um, that include like a collection of like remains. Um, But it's really, it's not really known. And who knows like if that was even accurate, like the record keeping at that time. Right. The, but the people with like treated injuries goes over 700. Wow. Um, So the people of actual injuries is believed to be higher than those because many people like didn't get, treatment in the city they let they like left you know and and didn't seek treatment at that time yeah they weren't counted um it's believed that that the number of fatalities is actually a lot higher um due to poorly kept residency records in the rural towns and the fact that some smaller remains were never identified um additionally free tickets have been handed out that day to many people in and around the city so they were for like went to like drifters who would have never have even been reported missing so so no one would even know yeah so like people just it was just like people vanished and they never were accounted for wow um so some died from injuries sustained after leaping from the tops of the bleachers um hoping that they could escape under the sides of the tent Uh, Although the method of escape, or though that method of escape ended up actually killing more people than it saved. Um, Others died after being trampled by spectators, which I just think is, like, awful. um, Because then you're just trapped. Like, you're trampled. You're trapped by this fire and fucking burning wax. Um, Some people were asphyxiated underneath the pile of people who fell on top of them. Most of the dead were found in piles, some like three bodies deep at the most congested exits. Um, a small number of people were found alive in the bottom of the piles um, because they were actually like protected by the bodies. Right. When like the burning tent ended up falling. So, I mean, in some in some cases that actually helped, but I would assume that in most it did not. Um, so one of the most common, or well, I'm sorry, one of the most like popular, like well-known victims of the circus fire was a little blonde girl wearing a white dress that they call Little Miss 1565 uh, or 1565. Um, okay. That was the number assigned to her when, uh, when, the, when the body ended up at their like makeshift morgue. Okay. Um, she I was, was going to say, what a weird number. Why was that? Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just the, the number assigned. I don't know. I mean, there weren't one thou- over 1,000 people dead, so I don't know how they got that number, but that's just right. what they were, that's just what they tagged her with. Okay. Um, her body was very well preserved, even after her death, and um, her face has become arguably the most familiar image of the fire, which I'll I'll post. Okay. Um, her true identity has been debated, um, and it's it's been a source of like a lot of frustration in the Hartford area. So she was buried without a name in Hartford's Northwood Cemetery, um, where there's a victim memorial um, as well. 
And two police investigators, Sergeants uh, Barber and Lowe, photographed her, took her fingerprints, footprints, dental charts, um, and they they really they spent like their whole life like their whole career trying to identify this girl um they decorated her grave with flowers during holidays um and after their deaths <laughs> this was so cute a local flower company continued to decorate the grave even after mm -hmm. the policeman had died um in 1991 the body was declared to be that of eleanor emily cook despite the fact that her aunt and uncle had examined the body and it didn't fit the description. So I'm like, why the fuck would it, then why was she identified as that? Like, were her parents maybe dead in the fire too? Like I'm asking the whole time, like if I was in a fire like that and my child was missing, I would go ape shit. So like, so yeah, that's not clear. So she was th that little girl had been at the f at the circus with her brother so okay um the connecticut state police forensic unit compared hair samples and determined they were probably the same person so this emily and this unknown okay so the forensic unit said they were the same person um but like the fact that the aunt and uncle are like this isn't her it is a red flag to me um so the body was exhumed in 91 and buried next to her brother, Edward, who had also died in the fire. It does not speak to the parents, so I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe it does later, but I don't remember reading about the parents. Right. Mm. Okay. So in 1981, Lowe's widow announced, so Lowe was one of those investigators, um, announced that Lowe had identified the child and contacted her family, but they had requested no publicity. In 1987, someone left a note on the 1565 gravestone reading, Sarah Graham is her name, 7638, date of birth, six years, twin. Notes on nearby gravestones indicated that her twin brother and other relatives were buried close by. So, like, it really... It, it, they don't have a definitive yes or no to if that's emily cook or if it's sarah graham or who exactly it is but in 1991 arson investigator rick davy uh, published a matter of degree the hartford circus fire and mystery of little miss 1565 in which he claims the girl was eleanor emily cook for, um and from massachusetts Davy also contends that there was a conspiracy within the judicial system to convict the Ringling defendants and that Segui was the arsonist. Before writing the book, Davy spent six years researching the case and conducting his own exper exper uh, sorry, experiments as to how the fire really may have started. He described the original investigation both flawed um, and primitive, though he did not work on the original case. Um, Eleanor's brother... I thought it was, oh, I'm sorry, it's Eleanor Emily, not Emily Eleanor, but Eleanor Cook's brother, Donald Cook, had contacted authorities in 1955, insisting that the girl was his sister, but nothing came of it. Donald, Donald later worked with Davy to establish her identity. Um, Donald believes that family members were shown the wrong body in the confusion at the morgue. Hmm. Yeah. So um other 
so there, there was a lot there were a lot of assertions put forth by this matter of degree book and they've been disputed by investigators who worked on the case as well as by um, other writers most notably notably Stuart O'Nan who published The Circus Fire a true story of an American tragedy in 2001 um, O'Nan points to the fact that little miss 1565 had blonde hair but Eleanor Cook had brown hair um, the shape of the faces don't don't match um, and the heights and ages of the two girls don't don't match either wow um, yeah, so it's real weird. Um, I I just, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I'll get into this more later, but there is like no DNA to even be taken because the, uh, it was so, the bodies were so badly burned. Right. Um, so perhaps most significantly, oh, here we talk about Eleanor's mother. Okay, so most significantly when shown a picture of the Little Miss 1565, Eleanor's mom, uh, Mildred Corintha Parsons Cook, immediately stated that this was not her daughter. And to me, like, the mom knows. Yeah, she's gonna know. Yeah, I completely forgot about this part. Um, Yeah, the mom, the mom knows. She said it's not her... Um, she maintained that stance until she died in 1997 at age 91. Um, oh, that's right. She had been very badly injured in the fire and she was unable to claim her two dead children. And then was okay. like, she was just emotionally wrecked. Yeah. Um, to pers- like to pursue it later. Um, she'd been told that Eleanor was not in any of the locations where bodies were kept for identification, and she believed that Eleanor was one of the two children who had been burnt beyond recognition um, wow. and then remained unidentified. Onan thinks she may be body number 1503. He further points to the differences in the dental records of Eleanor Cook and the records made of Little Miss 1565 after her death. So I don't think it's her. Based on all that, I don't think so. Right. Um, as Onan and others have pointed out, the most likely scenario is that a family basically claimed the wrong body. Um, even when Little Miss 1565's picture ran in the papers, they failed to recognize her. Um, wait, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, so if someone claimed the wrong body, even when the, the Little Miss 1565's pictures ran, um, they, peep, you know, if the parents, if the real parents didn't recognize her, they probably just wanted to, like, put the whole thing behind them. And they just right. didn't even right. say, oh, oh, we, like, got the wrong person. Like, that. so it was all fucked, basically. Um yeah. It was probably the wrong person. The parents who did claim the wrong daughter either didn't see it or just chose to ignore it, which, like, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so this says, while DNA analysis could end the debate definitively, the logistics of exhuming all the likely candidates um, for the mix-up is really unlikely. Um, cause that, I mean, that makes sense. Like you'd have to go and exhume like all the little girls that. Right. And figure out. And, f- yeah. and test them all. And there it's likely that they don't even have viable DNA to test. Right. Oh my God. So. Um, so with the questions over whether Eleanor Cook is truly 
the identity of Little Miss 1565 um, still unanswered for so many people. The body was exhumed after the release of A Matter of Degree and buried in Southampton, Massachusetts, next to the body of Edward Cook, the brother of Eleanor Cook, and a victim of the fire himself. In 1992, her death certificate was officially changed from the previous identification of 1565. Um, Since then, the Cook family has raised questions about whether the body is really Eleanor Cook, and some investigators have come to believe that Eleanor's body may have been another of the unclaimed bodies from the fire and not Little Miss 1565. Mm. Um, So the original investigation... Um, of the fire began the next day on July 7th, 1944. Uh, Charges of involuntary manslaughter were filed against five officials and employees of Ringling Brothers. Um, Within days of the charges being filed, the circus reached an agreement with uh, officials in Hartford to accept full financial responsibility and pay whatever amount the city requested in damages. Um, The results... This resulted in the um, circus paying out almost $5 million to the 600 victims and families who had filed claims against them. Um, by 1954, the, this was paid. Yeah, so all, wow. get this, all profits from the circus from the time of the fire until 1954 had been set aside to pay that off. So I don't wow. even know like how they kept going, even for that yeah. long. Yeah. Um, oh my god. So the circus did fully accept the res- like responsibility for the financial damages, but they didn't accept responsibility for the actual fire. Um, the five men that were charged were brought to trial in late 1944. Four were convicted, although they were given prison terms. The four men found guilty were allowed to continue with the circus to their next stop in Sarasota. Um, to help the company set itself up again after the disaster. Shortly after um, their convictions, they were pardoned. And one, (laughs) this is really funny. One of the men, James A. Haley, went on to serve as um, a representative for 24 years, like in the House, the U.S. House of Representatives. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There's just always shady criminals in office. What? Everywhere. Everywhere. Who said that? Not me. <laughs> okay, so this um this is kind of interesting about the guy that they thought was the arsonist, this Robert uh Dale Segui. Um so in nineteen fifty he claimed during a police interview that he started the fire. But following the Ohio police interview, um he even like signed a statement and everything um admitting to the circus fire a bunch of other fires and even murders um so sagi who was like it's unclear his exact age but it was somewhere between like 13 and 15 uh he was a laborer for the circus from june 30th to july 14th 1944 and claimed that he had a nightmare in which an american indian riding on a flaming horse told him to set the fires <laughs> what i'm like motherfucker american indian would never tell you to do that yeah what Mm -hmm. 
So according to the police, uh, Sagi further stated that after this nightmare, his mind went blank, and by the time it cleared, the circus fire had been set. Um, some of Sagi's hand-drawn images of his bizarre dreams and images depicting his claimed murders appeared in Life magazine on July 17th, 1950. Hmm. Oh, which I meant, I wanted to look those up to see what they looked like. I'll try to find them and post them. Yeah. Um, so then in November 1950, Sagi was convicted in Ohio of unrelated arson charges and sentenced to 44 years of prison time. However, Hartford investigators raised doubts over his confession as he had a history of mental illness and he could not, it could not be proven that he was anywhere within the state of Connecticut when the fire occurred. Okay. Uh, Connecticut officials were also not allowed to question Sagi, even though his alleged crime had occurred in their state. Um, additionally, Sagi, who died in 1997, denied setting the fire as late as 1994 during an interview. Um, so it's like he just keeps going back and forth. Like he's off his, his rocker. Yeah. Um, so because of this, many investigators, historians, and victims believe the true arsonist, if it had been arson, was not found. So I listened to the interview, which is on that Circus Fire 1944 website. Um, yeah. I listened to the police interview, at least like some of it. And I don't think this guy did it, but I think that he knows who did. Okay. Um, because he, like that day, he conveniently went to the movies by himself um, instead of working at the circus. And then the interview, it talks, he talks about how the, a lot of the other workers were saying how they weren't getting paid and they were really pissed off about that. So I think that, he overheard that someone was planning to do something um i.e set the tent on fire right because they were pissed about the pay and he's like i'm not going to work that day <laughs> yeah yeah um, and then maybe like but then somehow he was blamed he he also said that he knew someone who worked at the at the circus named edmund i think it was edmund but i know the last name was welch so he first he said he knew that person when the police asked him, but then he went back and said he'd never heard of him. Okay. Um, he said he was born he was born a shaman and he had visions. So like he's batshit crazy. Right, right. Um so I mean, yeah, I don't I think it could go either way because he was convicted for other arson charges and murder and shit. So I mean so he could have, but maybe not. He could have, but maybe not. And I also wonder if, like, the fire maybe caused some kind of traumatic response that made him, like, want to set fires. He was going to say, like, made him set the other fires or whatever. Yeah. So to me, I def he, he definitely knows something. I don't think he did it, but I think he knows who did or was somehow involved in the planning or something. Right. Okay. Um, so fun fact, actor and theater director Charles Nelson Riley. Do you know who that who that is? He's no. a, he's an old actor. He was in like old school shit like um what was it like Bye Bye Birdie or something? Uh I'm Googling right now. Oh yeah, he had a small part for in the Dick Van Dyke <gasps> show. He was in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah, like he's this old school actor. He was on like game shows back in the day, but he okay. survived that fire. He's been on SpongeBob too. 
so he was 13 at that time and he survived the fire um and he dramatic he dramatized it in the film of his stage show the life of riley um and in, a, in an interview in the 90s, Riley said that he rarely attended the theater despite being a director because the sound of the large audience in the theater reminded him of the large crowd at the circus. Aww. I know. And he also said um, during his his show that his mother, whom he had disobeyed. Oh, so he said this during a show, like he was sharing it, that he disobeyed his mom that day of the circus. <laughs> I thought this was so fucked up. Um, and she caught them sneaking to the circus and she said, I hope it burns to the ground. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, bitch. I bet, I bet she, wow. Felt, I bet she felt so fucking bad. She's like, God oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or she was a witch. I don't know. Either way. Um, okay. So whew, this is a long one. But, anyways, so present day. So this happened on July 7th, 2020, um, which was a day after the 76th anniversary of the fire. Um, The chief state medical examiner um, in Connecticut, James Gill, announced that experts were unable to extract viable DNA from the exhumed bodies or, yeah, the exhumed bones of Hartford Circus fire victims, leaving the identities of the five souls buried in a Hartford cemetery a mystery. The samples will be saved in case um, future technology can help identify the remains. Um, but Gill said, quote, DNA analysis of the remains of both circus. Uh, what DNA analysis of the remains of both circus fire remains were unsuccessful. That was redundant. Um, yeah. He said due to the condition of the remains, there was a high bacterial content that interfered with testing. Okay. So, um, basically, like, these five were just burned so badly that they were never identified, and they were buried in that Northwood Cemetery um, with the stone markers um, saying the numbers. So the the numbers are 1503, 1510, 2109, and 2200, and 4512. Um, They were all buried under a memorial that said yeah so after um inquiries by the current gill decided last year to exhume the bodies of two female victims uh numbers 2109 and 4512 to try and extract any dna to see if um they could match it to like a relative of the victim um so they tried to match one victim her name was grace uh fifield um, they tried to uh, to match her DNA to the granddaughter, to her granddaughter, who is Sandra Sumro, who's currently alive. Um, Sumro agreed to give a sample. Um, she said that her grandmother, who lived in Newport, Vermont, uh, had been visiting fires. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, really? <laughs> She's been visiting all the fires in the area. Visiting relatives um, in the Hartford area. And then she, so she attended the circus, um, her, with her two, with, um, her two children, um, who, so it was Ivan and Barbara, they survived the fire and this granddaughter, um, Sandra Sumro, 
her mother Beverly wasn't at the fire. Okay. So like the kids, the kids survived, but the the mom and grandmother of Sandra Sumro, she died. Okay, and they um, did never find her body. So they were trying to see. I think they're trying to see if one of these unknown bodies. Yeah, they never found the body, so they were trying to see if one of these unknown bodies in the uh, marked graves with the numbers matched. Okay. Um, to Sandra Sumro, but they were unable to find a match. Um, I suspect, I don't think it was that they didn't match. I think it was that, I think it was that they couldn't get DNA from the, the remains. Okay. Does, does okay. that make sense? Yes. So this says most likely the remains of Grace Dorothy Smith Fifield were originally misidentified and released to the wrong next of kin. It's kind of like, well, is it just that the DNA isn't viable or is it, or she could have also been someone that got mixed up. Right, okay. So the state, ooh, this is our girl. The state turned to the DNA Doe Project, who you covered in like an earlier Hell episode. Hell yeah. Yeah, to try to further the DNA testing with the goal of using um, just like advanced uh, genetic testing to see if some of the unidentified women's relatives have used like any of the DNA sites. And Gill said they were able to get some DNA, but not enough to do any kind of comparison. Mm-hmm. So the DNA Doe Project co-founder and Identifinders International President Colleen Fitzpatrick, our homie. Our girl, yep. um, She said when this article came out that in spite of our best efforts to obtain genealogical data from the remains of the circus fire victims, the DNA was too degraded and too contaminated. We hope that future technology will produce a more positive outcome. The um, the failure to get viable testing material likely means that the other three unknown victims, a little girl, a little boy, and an older male, will never be identified either, um, which was much to the disappointment of Beverly Zell, whose uncle Raymond Erickson is another mystery of the circus fire. Um, six-year-old Erickson at that time made it out of the tent badly burned and was taken to Hartford Hospital by his uncle and left on a gurney in the hallway while the uncle went to find a priest to administer last rites. And then his body was never seen again. (gasps) Isn't that crazy? What? Yeah. His body, like the uncle left the body, like left him on a gurney to go find a priest. And then he just, the body vanished. That's. (sighs) So probably another like unclaimed or, yeah, you know, like a mix-up. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now this poor Beverly Zell, who is the the niece of Raymond Erickson, um, she she was hoping to convince the medical examiner to exhume the body of the unidentified little boy to see if it was possible that that was the uncle, um, and. And all that was ever found of of little Raymond were the sneakers he wore that day, the brightly colored stock and the brightly colored socks stuffed inside of them. Um, those were found in a hospital bin. And it was so sad. In the one article, like they they have a picture of the niece um, present day holding his little shoes. Oh my god! Yeah. So Beverly Zell was disappointed to hear the news about the DNA testing. And she said that she understood that the same conclusion would probably happen with the little boy, um, 
but she thinks that the same effort should be made with all of the remaining unidentified victims, which, like, fair enough. Yeah. I just, like, like I'm just, I don't know. You just think that the hospital would have kept better records of, like, what they did with the body, but, I you know. Think, I think everything was so fucked up. Right. And it was just so chaotic. And yeah. how many hospitals were there in the area? And there's 700 people hurt. Yeah. But... It's just still fucked. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, I think uh, there was probably like a shortage due to the war of like all personnel. And um, yeah, but I do. I see her point, though, where she's like, OK, you're going to try to find you're going to try to like find some of these people's matches. But like and I get that you're saying that it's likely going to be the same result. But like, I want to know for my own closure that that, you know, that this at least if it's a at least if it's a no it's a no but right now like they're they're not digging up any more of the bodies and i get that right there's a cost and shit but it's like come on yeah yeah like these families want some kind of answer oh my god so yeah i mean it doesn't really have much of a resolution but that is the super fucked up and crazy story of the hartford circus fire that was really good dude wasn't that crazy that was crazy. I am also about to blow your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, I want you to look up. I, l- let me just be clear. I um, I never know what the story is going to be before I name the episode. Whenever I type in a name for an episode, I just come up with something stupid, like witty, just temporary, like temporarily while we record. <gasps> uh, I want you to look. I'm looking. Look at the the uh, address bar. What's the What's the title today? It's Let's Join the Circus. Mm-hmm. And that I did not tell you because I purposely, I had no idea. Yeah, I wanted to see if you had ever heard of it, and I didn't want to tell you beforehand. Yep, I had absolutely no fucking idea that you were covering a circus, and for some reason that popped in my head. Let's join the circus. Like is... I was just sitting here. Let's join the circus popped in my head. That's fucking weird, Rachel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting on that this whole time. Like, I gotta tell her, I gotta tell her, I gotta tell her. Um, wow, we're, like, on a wavelength or something. Yeah, it was really, really weird. Just slightly unsettling. Um, but yeah, that was really good. Thanks. I like. it. I really like that. So it was a P.T. Barnum circus, though, correct? Like, it was under... Uh, Barnum and Bailey, yeah. Ringling Brothers. Oh, right. So the after, you know, it got bought by yeah, whatever. The OG. Yeah. Cause he was a fucking dick and the greatest showman makes us all think that he was a great man, but he was a great asshole. So I did not know that. I don't know much about the circus because it kind of freaks me out. Yeah, no, he was just like a total asshole. Like they made it out like he was like this welcoming gentleman who went and brought all these people together that like no one would accept in society, but essentially he kept them like, uh, he treated them like shit and like, oh, you know, kept them pretty much trapped and it was kind of fucked up. Like he was, uh, you know, very racist and, you know, things like that. So, well, I did get a funky feeling when the crazy accused arsonist guy was like, yeah, they were pissed because they weren't getting paid. Like, what the fuck yeah. do you mean? Granted, that was many years after P.T. Barnum was not even associated with that circus because he died in like the 1800s. But, you know, the circus in general. But yeah, probably. Like the culture. I was like, I bet yeah. it's really, I bet there's a lot of fuckery going on. 
yeah, there's there's a whole lot of fuckery. Um, so all your heroes are assholes. Just want to let you guys all know. Generally, <laughs> generally, God, Rachel's fucking grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just got real pissed off. Like, because I really liked The Greatest Showman, but they definitely made him out to be like this fucking like gentle, this sweet, likable man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was definitely a total fucking dick. So, um, yeah, let's join the circus. Not. Yeah, not though. No. Um. Okay, padded room. Um. Do you have anything? I finished the Umbrella Academy in a day. Oh yeah, um, and you were sad that it was over, huh? I was very sad. I texted you that I'm an el- empty shell of a human. I know. I fucking hate that. I'm kind of going through that right now with a show that I was gonna talk about. Oh well, do talk about it. Um. Yeah. So. I got, like, sucked into this show that Joe started watching as, like, his, like, you know, when I'm not around, like, this is the show that I'm gonna, like, when I am not around, he's gonna watch this show. But then, like, it would be on, and I'd be like, wait, I kind of want to watch this. So I, like, got super sucked into it. It's called Kingdom, and it's on Netflix, and it's not about what you, it's no kind of, like, Game of Thrones shit, nothing like that. Is it the zombie one? No. Okay, okay. Um, there are multiple, you, that might be something though, cause there's multiple things with that name. Um, okay. but this one is a show. It's only, it's not very, not very many seasons to so like three seasons. Um, Nick Jonas is randomly in it. <laughs> Random. Yes. But it's about, um, it's about MMA culture. Oh, like, oh, okay. All right. Got it. I know that one. And I was like. I never thought that I would be interested in it, but I got fucking sucked into the drama and we finished the, the series. Rachel, when I tell you that I have, there are very limited times where I cry at like fictional happenings. I fucking sobbed so much in the (laughs) last like two episodes of this fucking show. It was agony. Oh my god. It was so, so sad. And it's fictional MMA shit. Yeah, it's fictional. It's about the, yeah, it's about a family. Uh, it's, so this guy, um, Al V, is like this big legend MMA fighter. And he has a gym and his, both his sons have like followed in his footsteps and fight. Um, And it's just like you start like rooting for these characters and you get so attached and I got so attached and then I got and then I just fell hard (laughs) Mm, yeah yes so fucking sad I was tore up see I I get very emotionally invested in tv shows which is why I don't like I'll watch new ones but I have to take my time because I I get like that. I will sob for hours over fictional characters. Yeah. So I I usually can I'll be you know I'll be like sad like um like I think I cried at like Glenn and the Walking Dead but I don't even think it was that bad. But so yeah, I'll get sad but like this wrecked me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my god. So, you know, if you want any of that um, you can watch Kingdom. Uh, Nick Jonas is always a pleasure to look at. So there is another one called Kingdom. Uh, it's a South Korean yes. uh, series that is about the undead rising. 
um, in like, uh, I'm trying to figure out, it's like the medieval period in South Korea. Okay. Uh, so like the, um, I don't want to like use the wrong terminology cause I'm not sure I started to watch it. Um, but it was a day that like my attention span was shit and I didn't want to miss anything with the subtitles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. but it's kind of like a combination of like World War Z, Westworld, like it's got samurais and like stuff in it, I guess. Like, um, it's, they're not actually called samurais. They're, um, it's like Korea's version of what a samurai would be. And I don't know how to pronounce that. Okay. Um, but it's about zombies, um, rising up, you know, during this medieval period. Hmm. So that's what I thought you were about to tell me about. And I was like, did you actually watch it? Um, but you know, no, it was definitely not that. Um, but there's a lot of hotties in this, in this All show right. though. All um, right. I'm- do you know who Jonathan Tucker is? Nope, but I'm going to Google him. Um, I don't even know. Oh my god. Hold on. Speaking of that, I have to say something. Oh, I know him. He's been in a lot of shit that I've watched. I am so in love with him. He's very familiar looking. Oh, he was in American Gods. Okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So his his character in this show like i got so wrapped up into this show it's crazy um his character in it though is like oh you you want him you just want to root for him so badly like you and you do like you love you love him but you're like god damn it like why do you have to keep doing this dumb shit yeah um but i also just think he's so i had a i had a sexy dream about him don't tell oh oh nice yeah i got i got real like emotionally involved yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's, that's you know, that's the way to do it. Well, that's the way I did it, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, this is such a stupid padded room, but we all know my love of MGK. Um, yes. apparently him and Megan Fox are dating now. No, shut up. They truly are, and I found that out yesterday, and I was in the car with, with Joey and I gasped and he was like, what? And I was like, Megan Fox and MGK are dating. Oh my God. And he just looked at me. He was like, that's like your fucking dream team right there. And I was like, you are not wrong. And I'm so glad that you support my unhealthy obsessions with celebrities. Um, uh, oh, do you, is that like your girl crush? I have many girl crushes, but that is definitely one of them. Okay. Um, she doesn't really I, do it for me. Oh God. I love her. She's just beautiful. I love Demi Lovato. Oh, she's God. beautiful too. She's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's just so good, so good. Anyway, so yeah, they're dating. Wow. Um, so uh, that's probably taking up a lot of your brain space right now. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. Um. There's. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. Anyway, so that's I'm very excited about that. Good for them. I'm happy. They're cute good together. For them. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you're like a little bit like you're you're like shedding a tear right now. It's a happy tear though. Like I'm not mad about it at all. Like I'm very happy about it. I'm, okay, I truly am. Um, I'm happy that I'm. I mean, I'm not happy that I'm not involved in that. But like you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like um, I want to join. But like you know, whatever. Um, it's good for them. I'm happy. But yeah, so also another show to tell you to watch. It's called The Boys. Did you watch that? It's mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. No. It's 
It's about superheroes. It's really fucked up, and you need to watch it because the second season is coming out in September. And you want to talk um, about it. And I want to talk about it, but I think you'll like it. And I think um, your obsession with that dude, mm-hmm. the new dude, um, I saw a meme that perfectly kind of sums it up. And it's like, we have this stigma around like men cleaning up nice. Like it's like, yeah, he cleans up real nice. But what about the ones that grime up real oh, good? I've seen that. I've seen uh-huh. that. Yeah. Like Henry Cavill in a suit does nothing for me, but you grime him up as the Witcher. And yeah, everyone is behind that. So like, I feel like there's a little bit of truth to that probably with your, your MMA dude too. Oh yeah. That probably, but he, he looks great naked face too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But Carl Urban is in this. Um and you know, he has like a beard and like he just seems like one of these like grimy dudes and like I think like you'll find him attractive. Okay. So check it out. It's called The Boys and it's not it's superhero stuff but like it's not what you're expecting. Okay. Joe will probably so, like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was very good. So also, we're flipping the fucking tables today because you have an animal for me, don't you? Yeah, but I think that you've already said this. Okay. I Now that I'm looking at it, I definitely think you've already said it. Um, Joe's mom posted a picture of it, and I was like, oh, this would be a good thing. This would be a good thing to tell Rachel about. But you said it. I'm now like 90% sure. An albino vampire bat. I don't know if I have. I mean, I talk about bats a lot. I swear, something about this little thing's face looks like looks like something I've already seen. It looks like a cotton ball. You think you've done that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, at least you don't know. And I'm not- sure I've done some kind of albino bat, but I don't know if it was this one. Okay. Oh my I god, was- I love it. I figured you would. So oh my yeah, god. That's the one I have for you. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's okay. Uh, oh my god, no, it's adorable. Um, mine is not a lesser-known animal. It's a very well-known animal, but I fucking love them, and they're cute, and I follow a bunch of rescues now on Facebook. Um, wombats. Wombats. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could get down with a wombat. Mm-hmm. Did you Google it? <laughs> yeah, they're silly looking. They're cute. They're adorable, and they're so goofy, and they have such weird little personalities. And if you Google a wombat rescue, you'll see, like, like people, like, rescue them and keep them in their houses. And they are just the coolest little beans, and I yeah. like them a lot. Yeah, they're cute. I could, I could get behind that. Yeah. So, pretty easy one. Not anything crazy you've never heard of, but I just feel like people need to be aware of wombats and how precious they are. Oh my god, I'm seeing a picture from Time magazine of the world's oldest wombat and it's fucking huge. Oh, they're big. They're not little. Like there's a picture if you type in wombats rescue, there's a picture of a dude laying next to a wombat and it's like half of the size of him I or her. Not... It might be a woman. I can't really tell. It's kind of blurry. I did not think they were that big. Yeah. Yep, they're big. They're big. Wow. Okay. I like that. But they're cute. They're really cute. Also, porcupines are much cuter than you think. Oh, porcupines are cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they make, I don't like mouth noises. Like, I actually have that thing where, like, mouth noises make me see red and I, like, get enraged. Um, 
but I can listen to a porcupine eat a pumpkin all fucking day long. Yeah, there's a video one. Cute. Um, I had a friend that had one as a pet, and the thing that freaked me out about them. Wait, was it a? Yeah, I think it was a porcupine. It was a hedgehog. Oh fuck! It was a hedgehog. You're right. Mm-hmm. People don't really keep porcupines because. I was gonna say, wait, yeah, they didn't have this thing as a pet. It was a hedgehog. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I mean, they're still spiky and I, they're adorable too, and I love them. Um, they just like when they're like angry, they just like do this weird foaming out their quills that freaks me out. But yeah, what's well, their defense mechanism? That, it, other than that, I like them, but the, that foamy thing was weird. Yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, there's your animals. Okay. All Good right. Ones. Yeah. Well, we went really over today. Sorry, everyone. I know mine was really long. There was so much about that. It was very good, though. Thanks. Definitely worth it. So, all right. Well, um, reach out to us on Facebook at Chardonnay and Sign DNA, Instagram at Chardonnay and DNA, Twitter we never use at Chardonnay DNA. Uh, email is chardonnayandDNA at gmail.com and our website at chardonnayandDNA.com. Yes. And thank you to our friends that have bought shirts. Yes. It's very awesome of you. Yep. Please continue to buy shirts. I have a lot that I would like to not have stored in my home any longer. Yep. So please so, buy them. Okay. Yes. All right. Eat glass. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>